Well, well, well. We are in the Triple R Studios. Love that name. Ray's record room for the first episode of How's That the Podcast. Yeah. So, let me introduce the other two blokes in the room besides myself. We've got Sugar. Sugar Ray in Austin. Or Some Rack people Mundo. call me. Mundo, depending on As you would call me, yeah. yes. Down the far end opposite me, we've got uh, the man Mike Whitney. Uh, also known as the Widow. The Widow. And uh, myself up the end here, Andrew Dawson. The Doors. The Doorsy. Doorsy. Doorsy used to bounce on Doorsy. It was Doorsy on the door. I've been known to do that in the past. So you have not. So don't fuck with Doorsy. That's what I'm saying. So, why are we here, boys? Why are we sitting in Triple R Studios? And, uh, yeah, so over to you two blokes. Why are we doing this? And what's the connection? Ray's record room is unbelievable anyway. We talked about a podcast for a long time, but we should go back Achmundo, and tell everybody how we met, where we're from, because I've known you for 50 years now. Yes, that'd be right. Uh, we grew up in the <laughs> salubrious suburbs of, of Matraville, behind Maribra Beach. I don't even know what that word means, and you've been saying that for the last 15 years. <laughs> and I just nod and go, yeah. <laughs> and I actually met your younger brother, Tony, first, because he was sort of my age. And, yeah. and then you were the older brother, and you had two younger brothers, and you lived in number one Baird Avenue, Matraville, and I lived in Patterson Street, and we had a lot of mutual friends, even though yeah. you were a couple of years older. Loved that era. Loved it. You were one of the first, you and your brother, to have cars, so we piled in the back of your little... EH? Boy, no, the EJ? Old, Tony's... Was it an EH or EJ? And you had that little... Van. No, that was later after the... Uh, the oh, the first one you had, yeah. 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 But always playing music, and this is my music connection with Ray. Ray was a musician before anybody, and he said, when you are about 17, I think I was about 15, 16, yeah. something like that, let's start a band in our in my parents' garage, so we cleared all the shit out of your parents' garage. He was the vocalist, yeah. the first vocalist. What yeah. was the band called? Do you remember what the name was, or did it have a name? I wanted to call it Scream... But it, it wasn't cool at the time. So we didn't really have a name, did no, we? But no. we got in there and Ray was on bass then. Uh, I was singing. Uh, one of our mates, Lawrence Harb. Was a drummer. Bought, yeah. He had some drums. And another one of our mates, and I was going to school with these other blokes. Yeah. Uh, Alex Grugic had already started playing a bit of guitar and could play a little bit of lead and stuff like that. And had great hair, didn't he? Great hair, great, great hair, Grugic. So we had the band in Ray's parents' And Sweeney. And Sweeney, Sweeney played was the band. one who had a really good musical ear, wasn't That's it? right. Yeah. He played rhythm guitar, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And we got in there and sang some Led Zeppelin, some... Black Sabbath, Uriah Heat, whatever was happening. And, of course, Boys Are Back In Town. The Boys Are Back In Town. Yeah. We'll get to that later because that's sort of a song that, uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But um, sure. was there any public gigs that you guys did or was it just a garage or what? Yeah, at parties. We just used to get up and parties. Every now and again. And that, that'd be about it. We were really yeah. young, you know. It was just in the garage. It was yeah. so much fun. And then, if I yeah. remember right, it was Lawrence sold his drums because he wanted to buy a V8. Ford, uh, Grooge got one of our mate's sisters pregnant, <laughs> I started doing the cricket thing, and Ray kept gigging and, and playing and played in some, some, some really good bands um, around Sydney, we used to go and watch Ray gig and it was crazy that one of our mates was up there gigging in a band, and he'll tell you this story too, Ray, about 18 years ago, I was doing some voiceovers at Channel 7 and I knew this guy had played guitar because he had an acoustic guitar in the voiceover booth and his name was Jim Astley and he threw me this CD and said, put that on in Sydney Weekender, you'll enjoy it. So I put it on when I got back to Sydney Weekender in a little machine on the TV and there's Jimmy just crushing this song with a lead break Then it pulls out and there's Ray on the bass and, I'm back, and I rang him up straight away, that's Ray Nosty on the bass. After that, well, Ray and I hadn't seen each other for how long? Oh, like Ten years at least, easy, maybe more. Easy. And we said, oh, why don't we get together and just have a jam? And we had two jams in this studio at Channel 7. That's uh, 17 years ago, I think, yeah. or 16 years ago. Wow. And that was the start of the Mike Whitney band, which we gigged for, what, 13 or 14 yeah. years, something like that, 15 yeah. years maybe. And then that moved into where we are now with Oz Icons. So Ray was my musical connection all the time. 
Wow. The whole thing. And I love music as well. I had a lot of albums. My sister had a lot of albums. We sang all the time, my sister and I. She's actually got the voice, my older sister, Christine, really good voice. But we sang all the time and, um, and loved music. And he was playing. Like, we'd try and drag him out. It does. We'd try and drag you out of your, of your bedroom. And what's that thing called? Tick, tick, tick. Metronome. Uh, the metronome. He'd be doing the big, oh, I've got to do me fucking whatever you were doing on there. I can't remember what that was. would be going out for the night and, and they'd have a cu- couple of girlies and they'd come back into my room and I'd be in there, let's go see what Ray's doing. And they'd come in the room and I'd just be practising me bass and they would just sit down and just watch. The child the whole time. Yeah, they just couldn't believe how good I was. Was, oh, sorry, did I say that? No, he was <laughs> exceptional then. You give and, yourself a rap, And Ray. only ever got better, mate. Ray's one of the best bass players I've ever seen. And, and still today. Yeah, absolutely. Genius. Genius. So, tying it into the reason I'm sitting here um, and how I came across you blokes, was it probably... Because you know. saved me. Yeah, well, you were managing... You absolutely saved the me. The Mike Whitney Band and... Uh, Wayne Pierce and the Big Hitters, which yes. is another story yeah. we can talk about with Junior Later, at yeah. some stage. Yeah. Um, but you were sort of at your, you know, looking to do wits something. Wits end. Wits end. <laughs> I was at the end of my wits. <laughs> <laughs> and it just so happened that I was uh, in a band and running a band called the Oz Icons. And uh, I can't even remember I'd, how. I'd filled in a couple of times. That's right. That's right. we needed a bass player. And then you didn't have a bass player and said, oh, look, you're interested in doing this. And I just, I think I... Did I fall over and start kissing your feet? I can't remember. It was something <laughs> almost, silly like that. Almost. It was, it was you, something like that. You were much less stressed. I was just so happy that someone's actually said that to me. So, because a lot of people didn't think that I would do anything other than the big hitters and the Mike Whitney band because I'd done it for so long. But um, It was yeah. very, because I know him so well, really stressful managing those two bands. And what happened when you come along, it all folded into one. Yes, so you came in became the Oz Icons bass player, then you decided that you would get wits. No, 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 hang on. I offered you, I said, look, I still play with Mike Whitney and Wayne Pierce. Are you interested? Well, mate, did you go yes as quick as anyone? You would have won that competition on TV <laughs> with the quickest, yeah. No, you were, you were very, very keen on that, weren't you? Yeah, really? yeah. So that was your vision doors that you saw straight away, didn't you? It was, and uh, and I... Dollar I, signs. I had, actually, <laughs> I, I had actually met wits before... Um, yeah, a couple of times, even though he probably didn't remember at that stage, because my brother-in-law, uh, yeah, I was going to mention that used to play with Hugh Wits yeah. at Randwick. Yeah, Richard Chiqui. And so who? Richard, <laughs> Richard, the blaster, the master blaster, Richard Chiqui. I, had, I remember his brother. Oh, he was a very good player, Michael Chiqui, excellent batsman, so great I, fielder. I had met you, I think, once or twice down at Coogee Oval, but also I think one stage, my young fellow who was playing cricket, and there was an awards. Uh, day for uh, Coastal Cricket Club ah, yes. at the Randwick Labor Club, yes, and I yes. do have a photo still of you presenting him an award. So that's, I was yeah. the patron for yeah. many years at, at the Coastal, which where Usman also played and David Warner played. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Levi's played at yeah, good company yeah, there, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's how we're all sitting here together. So it's been well going yeah. back to your garage days, really, the start of it up till. Till now, so and, and the Oz icons now is going strong. And uh, Doors, I did this before I did the cricket with Ray. Yeah, so this is I did this before I did a lot of things with Ray in that garage. That was the start. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Because my mother used to chase you out. <laughs> She'd go, "What is that smell coming from the garage?" <laughs> we don't know. We're only smoking cigarettes, Mrs. Nosty. <laughs> so, so in that, in that, uh, the last—it's probably been four um, years—and we've had interruption by COVID. Yeah. Of of all of us now together as the Oz icons, and we've sort of, you know, forged a bit of a bond, and and uh, again, which is why, and you had the podcast here set up and ready to go. So we thought, let's let's give it a bash. Look, I think a lot can be learned from from us. You know, we have got the knowledge to share with everyone. <laughs> the Oracle, <laughs> yes, we, we can. We know everything about music, everything about sport, and everything about nothing. Right? And we will share that with all you people because we are the nothings of nothing. Okay, well, thanks for today, and we'll see you next. <laughs> but I think just to let the uh, the listeners out there know that what we're about, and uh, we'll probably be talking about a mix of what everything really—music, sport. And just whatever crosses our minds. I, I think they're going to be really surprised, right, of some of the things that we'll we'll come up with. 
like the like the records room. We're, we've got a few things coming up. Well, we've got to set some boundaries early. Is there anything that's off the record? Like, is there anything that we're not? We, do we talk about religion, climate change, politics? Well, mate, we, we, we can always edit anything out. The war we? in the Ukraine. I mean, do we no. do we go near any of that? Yeah. Transgender yeah. sports Please, people. Yeah. Do we go? Yeah. What about the dude kissing the Spanish captain on the? No way. Do not <laughs> go there at all. Please. Please. And I think we plan to have a couple of uh, guests on the show as well, I think. you know, uh, th- That's going to be the highlight. And we want those people who are not so famous, but there's nothing wrong with famous people. You know, we've got a couple hits today, but, uh, you know, sorry, Dorsey. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mate. I'm happy to be at the end here, just, uh, you know, yeah. holding up one end, as they say in cricket. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. If you can drag in some really good friends of yours, Ray, that are, are just, as we'd say, mate, just a normal dude, but it's got a great story, oh. they're the ones you want to hear. And I've got a few famous cricket mates yeah. or sports mates I can drag in from time to time. To, and also so. rugby league, because yeah. I know you're, uh, you're uh, in, in with the Rabbitohs. Glory, glory to Sussy. You ain't got to mention the name, do I? Put the hand on straight on the heart, see that? Are Given we, that you're a doggies man. Well, And Achmundo's a Tigers man. Well, that's it. Well, yeah. let, let's not talk about the Bulldogs because... Or the Tigers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> long, long suffering fan here, and that's why, uh, as you guys already know... And that's I'm, why we're getting on too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, an officiato of obscure rugby league nations playing oh. each other in internationals, and I know I'm always harassing you blokes mm. about my favourite team in the Czech Republic. Yeah, What's that? What, are the, what are they called again? Mad Squirrels. <laughs> There's no team called the Mad Squirrels. There is a real team in no. the Czech Republic... Called the Mad Squirrels, and what we'll do on our website. Now, hang on, doors, 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 doors. Are you telling us that there's some serious rugby league being played in Czechoslovakia or Poland? Where'd you say, mate? Uh, there's too many nations to to uh, to reel off. You got the Czech Republic, you got uh, Slovakia, you've got wow, Ukraine, Germany, Poland. Are, are we as the NRL? Involved in that, or is it the World Rugby League? There's a uh, uh, European um, Rugby League board. I'm not sure if that's the official name of it. Because um, when Ray and I have been harassing Junior Pierce about us sort of, well, the NRL giving us a job, uh, you know, about supporting some of these nations. And uh, yeah. what I are they called? The Mad Squirrels. The yeah. Mad Squirrels. Yeah. yeah. Why can't we go over there? Yes. To Czechoslovakia. Hundred percent. And do the podcast. Yep. Interview the mad squirrels. We've got no fucking idea what they're going to be talking about because we can't speak Czech and they probably can't speak English. But we just let them go. Yep. Let them go. We'll do it from the sideline. Bit of the sideline. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. Now, Junior's a commissioner. Surely he can tip us in. Well, he's going to put us on to Tony Grant, which is he's the head yep. of the International Rugby League Board. So yep. Ray and I are going to be in there fighting for the Serbias and the Poland. Hey, uh, what about the Oz Icon gigs? And the squirrels. The squirrels. <laughs> Are you going to take the squirrels over the Oz icons? Well, mate, we'll just have to... Are you going to try to squeeze that in with the others? We'll just have to work out when we're going to do Oz icons gigs and and all that kind of stuff. Maybe we can take the Oz icons when we go and do the podcast for the squirrels. Oh, now now you're really putting it all together now. That's the old management skills coming back together. I've got one more question about the squirrels. Have they got a tackle that they actually call the squirrel grip? <laughs> oh, oh, gold. Yeah, we know. And the that, squirrel, he's got him down with the squirrel grip. And the, the expert at that uh, was Martin Biller, I believe. <laughs> I, I remember Roy and HG oh. when they used to commentate uh, oh, on State Marty of Origin. Bella. Marty Biller was a squirrel gripper. <laughs> <laughs> Some classics, there's the hopper wardy. Oh, yeah, the There hopper. was the, uh, the Tommy Radonica's biting on the... Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, there's yeah, been some yeah. classics. Remember they? hopper when he... Yeah. Just someone did it the other done day. The stink finger. Someone, <laughs> someone got in trouble for it the other day. Doing the stink finger. Yeah, yeah. That, I, think oh, I he, saw that. Yeah, who was that? He didn't do it on purpose. No, no. No, he, he did. He did yeah, it he, on he, purpose. He actually put the middle digit yeah. up. You've up had the, that done, haven't you? <laughs> didn't they do that yeah, in cricket? Yeah, they did. Didn't well, they do that yeah, in, yeah. In, <laughs> after you lost to the West Indies? <laughs> <laughs> didn't Alan Borders all bend you over and go, here, well, boys? When you lost to the West Indies, bro, you didn't have to do anything because you were fucking injured and battered to a pulp from the bowling, in my day. Anyway. I heard blokes were, um, batsmen would get violently sick before they go and face uh, holding and crew. Cr- yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. I've seen guys vomit in the dressing room Talking. before they went out to bat. 
I've seen, I've seen blokes vomiting after a really big night out. <laughs> <laughs> seen the band. <laughs> Talking about the West Indies and cricket, I know in the last few days we've talked about uh, doing a, a speaking gig with a couple of uh, other Australian cricket players. Yeah. And uh, one of them being uh, one of the four, probably the fastest bowler ever yeah. in the world. And uh, just we were talking about that this morning, Widow, about um, yeah. facing that kind of stuff. The slingshot. Yeah, Jeff Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Hey? See, he gets spoken about a lot. When someone bowls a really fast spell, yep. and in the Ashes series, just gone, Mark Wood, in the third test, come on, and yeah. just bowled 96, 97, 98. And I've spoken to Woolsman Kawaja about facing that. And he said that's the quickest bowling he's ever faced. But he bowled that quick for one day, and then he never got back to that pace. The difference with Tom was everybody said, he bowled that quick, Every single time. His warm-up delivery was 155. Yeah. And bowled constantly at 160. But his action was really weird, Widow, wasn't it? Like, sometimes you could say, is he really bowling overarm? Oh, yeah, he was. But he had a, a perfect action. No, no, no. Action. Not, no, no, no. It, yeah. was more, if, it was more of a javelin throw yes. action because yes. he crossed his back legs. And the ball oh, was okay. here. And, Dorsey, we spoke about this too. When he had it behind his back just before he released it, you couldn't see it. You could not see it behind his back. And you mentioned, who were you talking about? The batsman said, it just appeared. in Oh, Barry uh, Richards. Barry Richards. It just appeared in front of your face. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yep. At yep. that pace, it's less than four-tenths of a second. Yeah. It's less than half a second. How the fuck do they hit that? And so when you were playing against Tomo uh, in the Sheffield Shield, when he was then for Queensland, you obviously would have faced him a few times. Yeah, yeah. And no disrespect to your family, but... <laughs> Number 11. But being a number 11, do, do you think that he would have gone a little bit easier on you or was he the type of bloke that no matter who was bat, he was bowling to, he was going to take your head off? No. He was really, really amazing at that. He never bounced the tail ever. Yep. He didn't have to. The only time he'd bounce the tail is if number 10 got to 40 not out. Yep. He's going to go, listen, mate. <laughs> like, you know, but he never bounced the tail. He didn't have to. Everybody... Oh, mate, even look, even when I faced him in eighty four five, he was well past his mid thirties. His shoulder was gone. He still bowled some lightning spells. I faced him at the SCG one day on a really flat turning wicket, and he was running and he bowled all day. And I just sort of, well, the ball found the bat more than the bat found the ball. I just went hey! and it hit it right in the middle. I went fuck. I didn't even see that. How did I hit that? But I. Clearly remember it hitting the bat yep. and just running down. I had no idea how I hit the ball. I yes. did not see it. Yeah. And and you're watching it so closely, Doors, even at number 10 and 11, when I'm walking out there facing the West Indies or Jeff Thompson or someone like that, I'm saying, watch the ball. I don't want to get hit in the hands because I don't want to break a finger. Yeah. Not be able to bowl. I can get hit in the legs and maybe, you know, in the arm or around the chest. You don't it's want to the joints, the isn't it? It's the joints. That's it. You can't. Yeah. They get little stress fractures in the joints and you can't close your hands. So you, you want to be able to mm. do that. So I'm concentrating really hard, but I just didn't have the skills or the reflexes. And it was. F and look, when I'm going in, if Jeff Thompson's got three or four for, he wants a five for. <laughs> and and I just it. used to go, what a hog. Just bowl at the stumps. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a similar story to that I think you've told me before with uh, Courtney Walsh and he's hit you in the head yeah in the helmet yeah and you've oh well, you can tell the story but I think you said to him mate just bowl on the stumps what are yeah. you doing that was my last test and I was in with Damien Martin great match he was a very good player Marto, and a good good boy too and he hadn't made, he'd played five or six tests and hadn't made a 50 and when I went in he was like 45 Ooh. not out and I went You'll be right, mate. I'm going to face Carl Hooper, who was bowling spin. Yeah. And the quicks were on Paul, the other end. Yeah, so yeah. So it came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good batter, Carl, too. So I got a couple off Carl Hooper, and then we made a mistake in the running, and I ended up down at the wrong end. And Courtney's bowled a bouncer, and it hit me right in on the emblem and gone to second slip. And Brian Lara's caught it, but of course it wasn't out. And at the end of the over, I said to Courtney, fuck, man, you don't have to bowl short at me. He went, that's not short with us. That's a good length. 
hit me on the fucking badge. Oh, mate. That's a good leg. He went, sure, it's over there. And he's pointing three feet above my head. I said, just bowl it at the fucking stumps, man. Like, What's wrong with them, Widow? I'd been, I'd been in for too long. See, if you were in for too long and you batted 10 or 11 yeah. and I was really good mates with Viv, if I was in for more than two or three overs, he'd, he'd walk by and say, Widow's, Widow's, play a fucking shot. <laughs> Oh, get out, man. Get that Because you knew the bumpers were coming soon. They pitched a few up, but not too many. So when you get hit flush on the on the badge like that, yeah, your ears start to ring, or what's uh, what's what happens? They rang for two days. Have you spoken to him lately? <laughs> Every time you reckon it's been hit. They <laughs> rang for two days. In those days, there was no no concussion test no, or nothing like that. Just come on, change the helmet. <laughs> Ringing oh. already in the head, it hit me right in on the forehead, yeah. bang like that. Our times have changed, eh? And like, seriously. yeah, they two days. I was probably semi-concussed, but you just in those days you didn't worry about it. I got hit probably ten times, probably four or five times without a helmet in the early days. Wow! And yeah, easy half a dozen times playing short cricket or test cricket got hit, yeah. but that was probably the the the, the big one. Yep, just went. Bang! And, yep. and the sound in your helmet. Uh, and then your ears start ringing. And, and back to Tomo for a second. As it happened, I haven't really studied much about his batting. How was his batting? Where did he bat? Was he 10, 11? Where was he? Was he really? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he higher up? No. Oh, wow. Nobody bounced him. <laughs> <laughs> no. I pitched every delivery up to Tomo but that I had to Not win. even the West Indies? No, nah, man, they pitched him up. <laughs> but he was also like the Shane Warne, you know, he was... He liked going out, didn't he? He loves. He had dressed up, had great hair, didn't he? Really? The thing about Tomo that I love is that he's never changed from day one. It's the same bloke that when he was 20 to where he is now, he'd have to be 70, he'd be close to 70. He wears the tropical shirts out. Yeah, he's, yeah. The suit and tie's not, never been his thing. And I've seen him at functions where there have been black tie functions and he's had a suit on but not the tie. And he's spoken and said fuck about a hundred times, but it's not offensive the way he uses it. He can get away with it for some reason. And he's got some very funny stories. But it's not him that you need to ask about, is he the fastest bowler? It's the other people like Viv Richards and people that faced him. Yeah. And Viv goes, yeah, 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 tamo, 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 hoo, 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 tamo, woo. Really? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That's like a rap, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I know you've previously spoken about, uh, you said Viv uh, faced uh, Tomo in one of the fastest spells ever at, in the West Indies and, and, yeah. and how he dealt with that and what happened. Yeah, during World Series cricket, uh, Graham Yallop was the Australian captain of what was left and he took a side to the West Indies and they got absolutely creamed and he wrote a book after it Graham Young called Lambs to the Slaughter oh it's an insane book anyway uh, they had an hour to bowl in one one test match on one day and Steve Rickson who's a great friend of mine played a lot of shield cricket with Stumper and and he coached us was the wicket keeper and Tomo bowled this particular spell look everybody that was there said no one could bowl any faster than that and when you talk to Viv about it Viv said he hooked him for two sixes, but makes a point of saying that they were both top edges. Yeah. Top edge with those like, top edge, yeah. top edge, which meant, which meant it just got on him. He still hit it for six, but the fact he told me, he made a point of saying, I got a top edge. Now, Viv would never say that. Viv would tell you every ball he hit, he hit in the fucking middle of the bat. But this day, he was, that's his roundabout way of saying he was that quick I got him for two sixes, but they were both top edges. And what a I big said, rap, isn't uh, it? Mate, what a rap. Coming out of Viv's you know. mouth, like Viv, you know, no, 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 easy, easy. No, that day. And I said, how quick was it? And he went, nobody by that quick with us. Nobody. And you talk to Steve Ricks, and as that spell went on, he just kept moving the slips back. He, he had said, to change his gloves, didn't he, at one stage? Don't know about that, but probably might have put the meat in of them to take him. But Stumper said by the fourth or fifth over, they were 10, pushing back 15 metres from where he'd started because yep. the ball was just slapping in and, and carrying this day. And all the guys in the Australian team that I've spoken about said no one could have bowled any quicker. So you're sort of thinking of 160, 165, Whoa. maybe up around there somewhere, which... 
Oh man, that's that's like coming out of a cannon at you. Well, imagine being in uh, Steve Rickson's shoes or any wicket keeper. How on you'd have to be <sighs> to realise I've got to catch this thing that's flying. Tough at me. job, like tough wow. job. But they love that shit. If you, oh, mate, they really? oh, they love it, mate. They love it. you. See him whack. They'll pass it, and then they'll be nodding. They'll go. There was a little bit of spice on that one. They love that. Love it, Rodney Marsh. The quicker, the better. The bonus about Steve Rickson was, and this is no detriment to Healy or or Rod Marsh, whatever. Up to the stumps, Steve Rickson was a genius. Just great. Hence his nickname of Stumper Rickson. Behind the stumps. I thought he had a big stump. <laughs> no, that's Joel. Okay. Uh, just so quick his hands. But that spell, that day, they say no one could have bowled quicker. So on, on wicket keeping, I know we had the controversy uh, with uh, Bearstow walking and, and being uh, run out. Yep. Back in the day, um, Stumper Rickson, was that something we'll, – we'll, all keepers did, or him in particular, would try that on? Every single wicket keeper at, in every game I've played has done that at least once. Some guys do it every over. They used to do it in the backyard. Everything, mate. You, <laughs> they, That was just the biggest beat-up. Oh. And the disgraceful members in the Lord's Pavilion, who I know now because I've asked some of the Australian players, yeah. there were Fs and Cs. Cheating, effing Australian Cs. And the I mean, Lord would not have liked that, would he? Mate. After naming the Oval after him. No? <laughs> I'll pay that. That's a great comment. That's a really big one. No swearing in my church. Um, I've been in that room a dozen times, Dawes. I've been in the Lord's Long Room when one of the stewards has come over to a group of people that weren't really loud but were laughing loudly and said, excuse me, you me keep it down here. I've been moved on out of Lord so-and-so's chair because that's got to be vacant all the time for Lord Dawson or whoever was coming in. To see them react like that, I thought straight away, we've got them, we've got them here. Yeah. But the racial and the language used, cheating, so this is my take on it. I'll give you quickly, then we'll move on. The laws of cricket are made by the MCC, the Marlborough Cricket Club. They own lords. They allow Middlesex County Cricket Club to play there. So that's the home of the MCC and Middlesex and the home of cricket. They have a, a committee and then subcommittees under the MCC and they have a rules or a laws committee. If the laws need to be changed or a new law needs to be made or whatever, it goes through that. Then it goes to the committee. Then the members, those people in that room, vote and make those laws. So the law that they made, it was handed to Maria Rasmus, the third umpire, to judge that. He judged it out within the laws of the game. And they blew up. So are they calling Maria Rasmus a cheat for invoking, invoking a law that they made? Get rid of them. And the law that they made incensed them so much that they made severe and nasty comments, called us cheats, and racial comments as well to one of our players. Racial comments. One more quick question before we move on on that. I'd never that, play there again. <laughs> if you were, is it, if the boy from Matraville was walking through that room on that day oh. and you were being called that stuff, would you better hold yourself back or what would you have done? Or would the uh, the Matraville come out and you would have stayed? No, he's a changed man, the old widow. He would have handled that with grace. I'm going to say this. It may have depended on what stage of my career I was at. Well, if so that had been really early yeah, in my career. Cool. So, so it was your first few test Good matches call, and widow. you were just you're walking through there and they're arcing up at you and you'd cheat, you cheat, whatever else. I probably would have had a real go in those days, Dawes, because there was no CCTV. There, none of it would have been recorded. So I reckon... Not only me, a few of our boys would have had a real Merv. He would have headbutted someone on the way in. Or meet you outside. Absolutely. So you would have been come back early from that tour. <laughs> basically. <laughs> now it's very, very That's different. a good point, Widow. Yeah, it is. Really good yeah. point. But if you if you look at, at Usman Kawaja, you can see him talking behind him, Davey Warner, the old Matraville mauler. He's almost walking down with the fists up because you can take the boy out of Matraville, Ray. But you can yeah. never take the matrival out of the boy. So different times, but I'll say this, mate. Those members, 
absolutely disgraceful. They should hang their heads in shame over that incident. And for me, I'll never go back into the long room again, even if I was invited by the CEO of the MCC. I wouldn't go there either. I'd go, mate, you need to do better than that after your members disgraced themselves. They couldn't disgrace themselves any more than that during a test match. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a beat up. I thought it was a joke. But anyway, I just want to ask Dawsey something. Now, you spoke to Jeff Tomo the other day. Yes. You'll be talking about what you'll be doing with those guys. Uh, You grew up in the same area, so he's he's a New South Walesman, right? He he then went to Queensland. Did they offer him more money? Did he say why he went to Queensland and didn't remain in New South Wales? Is Uh, there a. Wits Wits would know all about that. Huge money. It was. They got him a deal with a radio station up there, which was unheard of at the time. There was no money in cricket. I'm going to tell you my first Sheffield Shield game in October 1980 was at the Gabba. Good memory, mate. Against them. Tom O played, Carl Rackman played, Greg Chappell, captain of the side, AB played, um, Kepler Vessels, a really good side. I got $100 gross, $25 a day, and got taxed 12 bucks. So I took home $88.00. For four days of Sheffield Shield cricket, I looked at Doug Walters and Rick McCoskey and all those who had families and thought, "Fuck, man, how do you survive on this?" So Tomo got asked to go to Queensland with Alan Border, but Tomo was mate; he was going to crucify teams in Sheffield Shield. There's footage of him driving a Porsche or a Ferrari that was part of the deal, and he had this radio station thing which was worth. A hundred grand or something, but in wow. those days, back in the late seventies, that was an arm and a leg. And I only brought that up because I still love him, right? Like Tomo was my favourite. And when he went, I was I was gutted. Yeah, yeah do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like when Alan Border went. Yeah, you know what I mean? there's a few of them that have gone. Dirk Wellham, remember when Dirk Wellham? Dirk went yeah, up there. Yeah, yep. Dirk um, played for Tassie. Yeah. Do you know that Dirk Wellham's one of the few people ever in the history of Australian cricket to captain three different states? Unbelievable. He captained us, Queensland yeah. and Tasmania. That's yeah. right. Well, yeah. well, on that, this has always come about because um, in the summer, or this coming summer sure. over the cricket season, we're going to do a, a couple of speaking gigs with, with Wits, uh, Lenny Pascoe and, uh, and Tomo. Now, you know how much I love a chat. Tomo and I will not get a word in Be when Len <laughs> but, but tell Widow what, what, what Tomo said to you about, well, about Pascoe. Well, I've, I've rang Tomo and Len's obviously give Tomo a heads up that this is going to happen and already sent him the photo, unbeknownst to me at, at that moment, yeah. of, of the promo with the three-year blokes on there. Yeah. And I said, oh, I've introduced myself. Hi, Jeff. Um, um, Len, um, he uh, had a chat to him yesterday for about half an hour and he goes, did you get a word in? <laughs> There you go. And then I explained to him that no, it was it was a really good, uh, really good chat because I'm a Bankstown boy myself, and and here I am talking on the phone to one of the greats of not just Australian cricket but world cricket, and saying that mate, I just grew, grew up a few streets away from you. And went now, to hang Con- on, Dawes, you're a Condal Park boy, aren't you? Yeah. So and Tomo was a Condal Park boy. He lived in Market Street, and uh, and that's Condal Park. That's yeah. Condal Park. And what about Lenny? Uh, Lenny, um, he went to Punchbowl Boys. So, so did Tomo in his Hang on, you're only a couple of streets away from Tomo growing up. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Could I interrupt for a second? Different era, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one second. The name Punch Bowl. I know how that happened because, again, I know all the. It's a bit of a long story, but. But that's, isn't it a punch bowl you put punch in? Yeah, but what happened back in the early days of the Sydney colony, if you lived on uh, the southern side of the Cooks River, or if you wanted to get across the northern side, you would have to go all the way to um, South Strathfield, Enfield, and there was a depression in the in the sure. landscape, and you could cross there. Oh. And the shape of the depression was called the Punch Bowl. Oh, no. That right? is unbelievable. So Punch Bowl Road runs from there all the way down to George's River. So they called the suburb, you have to go past Lakemba, but the next suburb is Punch Bowl. And it looked like a Punch Bowl. It yeah, the have. depression in, in the where the river was, so people could, if you lived at, uh, I don't know, Arncliffe or somewhere like that, you could come around and right. cross there. Because there was no bridges? Is that right? I don't think so, but this isn't a very, very, I'm talking yeah, yeah. about probably the early 1800s. Well, yeah, right, right. Because like Arncliffe, there was a big cliff and you go, Arncliffe. <laughs> and yeah. you're gonna, but anyway, well, sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 your, your story was pretty Keep, no, know. but again, this is yeah. I, I'm you know I'm a big history buff, so I've, I've read a lot about the history of Bankstown back to the early days. So I was talking to Len 
about the old stomping grounds that he used to go to the Three Swallows Hotel and uh, um, and I know the place well. We never went to the Three Swallows when we lived at Matraville. <laughs> but that was one of my favourite gigs to go. Oh, to the Three Swallows. on the Hume Highway at Bankstown yeah. and uh, Len was talking about uh, many other places in Bankstown. So I think when we do our speaking gig, there's going to be a few questions to Len about what he got up to around Bankstown. And probably not, as well. Don't ask him a question. <laughs> Correct? With what you reckon? <laughs> really? He's a star, mate. But they're not the only famous Bankstown dudes. Like, Well, you played with a couple of other very famous. Oh, the War Twins, unbelievable. Plus uh, Danny, the younger brother, and Dean. Ian Dean Thorpe. played for South Australia. Ian Thorpe. But, uh, John Conrad's a swimmer. Swimmer. And wow. he had a sister, Isla, I think, Conrad's. They both yeah. went. John Howard. Yep. Uh, Paul Keating. Paul Keating. Yep. Mate, that's provided a lot of. Brian Brown. Wow, the actor. Oh, I didn't know he was a Bankstown boy. Yeah, Panania. He grew up in Panania. And there's a theatre in Bankstown called the Brian Brown Theatre. The War Twins. Unbelievable. The Wars, I think their dad owned the news agents in the Panania shops. Yeah. Roger, and who was a fantastic tennis player, won New South Wales doubles titles. I think their mum won over 50s, started playing squash and won the Masters World Tournament. Not a bad family. Yeah. Don't take them on in any sport with a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the wars, when you were playing, uh, when you came back to play grade cricket for Randwick and you played against Bankstown, Steve and Mark would have been playing for Bankstown at the same time? Or? Yeah, and Steve Small and Wayne Holdsworth yeah, and a yeah. shitload of other great yeah. players. Yeah, so do you remember your clashes against Steve and Mark in those days? I only played them once in grade cricket. Yeah, I was fucking into them and they wanted to belt me all over the ground. <laughs> this is what people used to say to me when you go to Sheffield Shield practice, like, what happens? I go, what do you mean? Like, we're fucking into each other. Like, 99% of we didn't have a shield game on that following weekend. I was playing one of those dudes, either Trevor Bayless or the War Twins or Michael Bevan or Mo or Steve Small or Slats in a great game. Yep. Was I going to go easy on them in the nets? This is what's coming on the weekend and they were trying to belt me around. So the level of training was super, super high. Yes. And if we played grade cricket against each other, mate, it was on for fucking young and old. Don't and, worry about that. And that's what band rehearsal should be like. Exactly <laughs> like that. We should be getting in there and just giving it to each other. Well, and, and on to you, Sugar Ray. Uh, your sporting career, I believe. Yeah. Were you? Did you play cricket? I know you played rugby league and you were a lock. Uh, a, or tough a, leggy, mate. Yeah. Or yeah. a 5'8". Uh, yes, I, lo I love Loved rugby league. But yeah. cricket, did you play cricket Yeah, as played well? cricket, yep. Yeah. Yeah, what, what would you consider yourself an all-rounder? What was your Yeah, I was, I was an all-rounder, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And what did you bowl like? Were you... I was I was medium pace, yep. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I just played everything. I played everything. I remember one game, um, we were playing, I can't remember where it was, uh, because that was about, oh, 15 years ago. No, no, how long ago? About 50 years ago. Yeah, 40. But <laughs> yesterday. And... Um, yeah, and I remember the blokes going out. He, he, one of the batsmen came out and he goes, mate, watch it, because he's bowling. You think he's, it's coming up, but it's coming short, and it's, you're going to hit it up. Be careful whatever you do, okay? So what happens? It happens. I go, hit it up, you're out. Uh, listen, do you still want to play on the weekends? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. We're glad you just played base. And I've got a question yeah. for you. We've heard why punch bowl is punch bowl. Do you know why Matraville is Matraville? Because um, was it John Matra that came out here or was it... Um, Very close. Giuseppe Matra? It was James Matra. Yeah. And James Matra was an Italian-American diplomat oh, that, wow. that came on the first fleet with Philip. Oh, that far back, where? Wow. He came on the first fleet and he was a diplomat from America to just sort of check a few things out and what was going on with this First Fleet and what's over here in this, you know, great Southland and all this sort of stuff. And Matraville is named after that Italian, American. Unbelievable. And what? all the Italians that grew up in Matraville wouldn't have known that. That they're living in a joint that was named after an Italian dude, Matra, James Matra, yeah? Can I just go back to that? Have you been to Matraville lately? Yeah. It's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. Our, our days, yeah. yeah. Where's that post office that we used to all hang around? Where's the Rendezvous Cafe? 
Where's that? The Rendezvous. What about? We didn't know what I didn't know what rendezvous was. Yeah. I used to say to my mate, "Let's go to the Rendezvous, rendezvous. and get a milkshake." <laughs> Where's the drive-in? Where's that guy? Oh, how good was the drive-in? Come on, oh, man. That's another podcast just talking about yeah. What about the Matraville Hotel? Was that a place you used to frequent or not? I used to be a paper boy, right? And I remember there was a lot of factories around there. And I remember that would be packed out for an hour after work. Yeah. From, I think it was from three to four or four to five. I can't remember. All the blokes would be there and they'd all be having a schooner and I'd be selling every paper. Yeah. And they'd all be like... Full of soot and whatever. You'd have a couple and of schooners too, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I love a beer. Anyway, Just pick up those glasses that got an inch in the bottom. <laughs> whip that down. And I'll tell you what, Dorsey, the women had a separate area. Yeah, they did. Right, because in remember, the lounge, they yep, weren't allowed in the bar. And all the blokes were there, and then made they're all home for dinner. Yeah. It, it was incredible. It was like, like the six o'clock swill. They yeah. called it. Is that what? Is that what it was? Well, the pub shut at six. Then they that opened. Some would open six till six. Yep. Some would open 10 till 10, yeah. and the six were the early openers. And Matraville RSL, you've been there, haven't you? Yes. Yep. Can you remember the plane yeah. that, that, that's on the wall? Yeah. Like, how long has that been there for? Like, really? Since we were young. It, it, what was that depicting? What was that? Was Second that World, World War. Second World War. Summer, yeah. So back yep. to your, your sporting career again, right? Can I mention the Matraville Hotel? Yeah. I grew up in Matraville, and my family had a house there until a couple of years ago when my mum passed away. I would not have been into the Matraville Hotel in all that time a dozen times. Why? I don't know why. It was over my back fence and five minutes walk. But I don't think... All, it was, it was well, all my friends, Marto, Long, yeah. you, and yeah. that, none, none of them drink down, drink no. down at the Matraville Hotel. No. So it just wasn't... A, and it was dead said, in a straight line... It was 250 metres from my house. It just wasn't a place, yeah, you guys went to. It so. was more of those, like you say, paper mills, yeah, uh, Botany it. Cemetery, Bunrong Powerhouse, ICI, ICI Boralaw Refinery, they all come and had a drink there at Matraville. So, quickly. Going back to my sporting feats, I was really into little athletics, right? We had an athletics field, right? Yeah, Hensley. But yeah. I remember I used to also um, play in it like, like, like a little garage band right but we'd be out the window we'd be at this bloke's name fred mansion which you've met famous drummer the great fred mansion mm. great fred mansion we'd be there and there's this bloke every afternoon with these shoes over his thing going to hensley athletic field the bloke down the end was it? unbelievable yeah. every, every afternoon well you know because we we'd have muck around every because freddie only lived across the road didn't he correct That's yeah it. and roger delernia because roger, roger, yeah. roger would yeah. come down yeah. there and this bloke yeah you know, and people don't understand, oh, yeah, he plays cricket for Australia, but the work that these guys do, anyone that, that gets somewhere, you've got to work your little, you know. I started going down there, little athletics, when I was 10, and I was really fast, and I ended up being a long jump, triple jump champion, and I, they asked what I'd like to be coached, and the guy that asked me was Chick Hensley, the bloke that the field was named after, who was still coaching there, every race right. Every single yeah. afternoon, I went down to Hensley. We'd warm up, then we'd go and do our individual things. Uh, and that also coincided with playing rugby league and cricket. Correct. And a little bit later, going down the beach. Yeah, I was about just, just one quick thing. And don't forget, we had our push bikes or whatever. Yeah. This bloke would be walking, correct? Mm. Yeah, until no I got one, a, until No I got one a gave you a lift. No one gave you a lift. Yeah. I got a pushy. From Matraville to a, there. When I was 11. So the first year I walked down and then I got a dragster. Oh, that was fucking yeah. big. Got a dragster and I could ride down then, which was huge. But those early days. And then days, we would try to sneak and put uh, a knife through his uh, <laughs> tyres so he would have to walk back because we enjoyed him walking. Do you know what I'd do, but Ray, when I was 10? Like, people wouldn't let their 10-year-old do that. I'd leave my home at Matraville and I'd have my spikes and Ray's right, I'd have them over my shoulder and I'd run from Matraville to yeah. Hensley, train there for two and a half hours, then run back as a 10-year-old to Matraville. Mm. Like, you wouldn't let your 10-year-old no. out now like that. Yeah. And, and on to your, um, a lot of people wouldn't know, <clears throat> but you had a rugby league career um, before you had a cricket career, didn't you, I believe? Yeah. And, you and I used to go and watch league. him. I used to go and watch him. Yeah. That Sorry. was my chosen no, no. sport, Dorsey. I wanted to... Play for the Rabbitohs, mate. They were the heroes, the local heroes, and some of them lived local. Like Paul Sate was on the council. He used to be on the garbage truck that picked the garbo up in our, in, the, in our street. Um, Gary Stevens, yeah, go on. I just want to say, like, there's a there was a photo going around. He was he used to play for La Perouse. Yeah, and the team, right, was unbelievable. 
just a few names that are played in that team, really, because it doesn't really happen that often, does it, really? No. Nathan Gibbs, who went on to Captain South and became an orthopedic surgeon and now has looked after the Swans, the Rabbitohs, Olympics, all that. Mark and Glen Ella. <laughs> Can you play? Rugby league. Lloydie Walker. <laughs> Lloyd Walker. <laughs> no, serious. You know, yeah. they were a gun Darryl side. Lester, he played first grade for Ramwick Rugby, first grade. It was unbelievable. When and I think you were in the forwards, weren't you? No, I was a centre. In the centres. And you did end up in the front row, didn't you? They, I did I, Was early, it mascot? When, when, and then went back to the second row. Yeah. And well, I, love, well, I love playing in the second row. That was your preferred position, yeah? When yeah. I got older and yeah. bigger. Now, yeah. the, the team that I seen them play in the grand final was Kenzo, Kensington. Mm. And the halfback was Rodney Churchill, yeah. who... Yeah, you know, that's right. But you've been in the media that's a bit. That's right, but, Rod um, Churchill was there. Yeah, and we couldn't believe they got, you know, because they were both good sides, weren't really they? Really good sides. Yeah, yeah. You well, know what? They, LARPA, when I was 16, that side sort of disintegrated because the all the um, boys from LARPA, the Yellow Brothers and Lloyd, and they all went to play rugby at Matto High. And then Nathan went to Kensington, so I went to Kensington and played a season there at Kenzo, and Rod Churchill was still playing. And Clive used to come down every now and again and run the fucking training sessions at Kensington Oval. And we knew it was Clive. I mean, Clive Churchill. I think about it now. I think about it now, and I just didn't get it back then. It was oh, Clive mate, Churchill. You, I've got shivers down. Mate, he'd come to Kenzo and he'd run a few little things, and, you know, it was Rod's dad. But we knew it was Clive. But I think about it now. Legend. I shake my fucking head to think he used to come down and train us as 16 and 17-year-olds. Well, I want to talk about my illustrious rugby league career. <laughs> no, come on, man. Did well, you play rugby league? Uh, you Re- played keyboards all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Reesby Heights Ex-Servicemen's Club. I think the club as a football side is still going, but the actual club premise is only a small club. I think they're called Heroes Hill or something it was called. A lovely name. And... Uh, I think Bankstown Sports, one of the bigger clubs, bought it and then ripped all the pokies out and put them elsewhere. And now the clubs, it's, it's being you know, turned into duplexes or something. But that would have been a tough comp, really. Oh, the thing that makes that area, mate. Oh, like yeah. I'm talking mate, about the late 80s. Tough. We were tough. Play, class. Yeah. Um, we would play uh, St. John's. They were tough from Lakemba. Yep. All these huge. Uh, Boys of uh, Lebanese extraction just wanted to take your head off and just wanted to melt <laughs> the crap how out they, of it. How come they were shaving at, at 14 yeah. or 15? <laughs> I remember one bloke, we were playing at our, our home ground at Neptune Oval at Reesby Heights, and this is under 14s. So one of their team members uh, turned up in a Datsun 180B, got out, had a beard. So obviously would have been... 16 or something, but is playing in the under-14s and, yeah. Turned up in the Datsun with a beard. <laughs> and his well, girlfriend I, was holding the baby. <laughs> when I say beard, it's like it's not obviously a full one, but, like, it was pretty thick for a, a supposedly 14-year-old, so. Yeah, um, it's unbelievable what you can do with uh, birth certificates, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then playing uh, in the uh, high school side, the Condal Park High School, Playing in the Commonwealth Bank Cup, you would know about that competition. Mate, my son loved it. Yep, yeah. I, lo- I loved it. Yeah, and I remember one game we were playing at home against Miller High School. Oh, another right? tough one. T- and the whole side were were uh, Kiwi blokes, Maori guys, and they were all massive. Tough. And I remember the first hit-up of the game from one of our forwards, he got knocked out. Yep. First tackle. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's looking at each other, yeah. aren't they? Right, first so you go. He had to get carried uh, off, oh, no. and I'm in the centres. And all the forwards are talking amongst themselves, going, who's going to run it up? And I put my hand up and said, like, all you pushies get out the way. I'm yeah. going to go. I got belted, but what are you going to do? Yeah, you got to have a go. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. It, it's, it's And a couple, of, couple of years after I left Condor Park High School, our school got banned from the Commonwealth Bank Cup because they, they were involved. <laughs> because they were getting knocked out in games. Because I know they were involved in a massive all-in brawl at which they started, and they got cut. Well, not for how many years they got banned, whether it was just that year or... Tough, mate. I remember yeah. hearing stories about... Did you remember hearing stories, stories? About, about you know, like the Bangstown area and that? Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Before, before it got really heavy at Parramatta and, and Penrith, like, that was really tough out there. I remember hearing you talk about we it. We played grade cricket against Bankstown. There were sides that you knew oh, it was going to be on for young and old. Bankstown always had very, very competitive cricketers yeah. that would dust up down to the last over on the second day, yeah. and that's what you wanted, well, great I know, competition. I know in rugby league, one of our rivals at Reesby Heights was St. Christopher's, and they were at Reesby just down the road, but at one stage they had the record for supplying the most first-grade players to the you know 
yeah, the yeah. New South Wales rugby league competition. So it was. It's just an area that produced a but lot. But that'd be similar to us with Holy Cross at North at, yeah. at Ride. Yeah, we don't like Holy Cross, do we? Isn't it amazing oh, the amount of Catholic schools in Sydney that have produced amazing rugby league teams and players? Amazing. Well, Junior told me Mitchell Pierce was went to schools that had just rugby. Yeah. Didn't want to play, wanted to play rugby league, so they 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 changed schools for him to play rugby league, and oh, that's right. what a lot of the guys did. Yeah. And I know that Todd wanted to move from Epping to yeah. Holy Cross to get a chance to play in the Commonwealth. But I can remember Sturlow and all those guys went to some school in Parramatta. Patrician Brothers Fairfield. And that yeah, was a legendary school yeah. for rolling out rugby league players. Wasn't it? It's yeah. like when Benji went up to um, Brisbane, you know, to that school where they're all coming from, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what happens, you know what I mean? They must you have don't had, think, but it does. They must have had but a teacher or a brother or a, a sports master that was real. Because I remember the Ellers and, and Lloydie and Daryl Lesson and all them went because of this guy called Jeff Mould, who was go. the sports master yeah. at Maddow High. And he really turned that into a rugby, unbelievable rugby school. Is that the sports school at Matraville now? It is was now. It, was that no, a sports school? No, right. well, there it was Fairfax High. went there too, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, Russell Fairfax. Yep. 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 Back to you quickly, Ray. Sure, I know mate. that you know, you've had a, a great sporting career, but yes, then, you been moved, then you moved into sports management because you and uh, your other half, Sue Nosti, ran the North Ride Hawks. Yeah, and, uh, turned for it years. Into a, a we very were part of a great team. For years yeah. you ran that way. Yeah, 20 years. Yep. Todd, my son, played for 20 years. You know, one of the longest players. And you know what I mean? It was 24-7. And that's what you have to do. Yep. All for the love of it, hey? Yeah, yeah. So M- made a lot lot of friends, you know, lifelong friends. It's just been fantastic. Got a lot of gigs out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so after running a junior football club, you reckon you could step up and maybe be a first-grade coach or something like that? Or no, well, I actually coached the first... Under, the last under six side before they changed the rules to non-competition and we'd won that and uh, and North Ride hadn't won a competition in any grade for since 85 or something. So, um, wow. yeah, I was kind of like this uh, whiz band coach. But it wasn't me. It's, it's the players, you know. The players, I had some players who were just unbelievable. Yeah. You know? Uh, other other coaches from other like from like from the Leichhardt side, you know, in the under sixes, and uh, you take a kick from goal, you know, and everyone, no one got anyone, but we had a guy who he kicked them, you know what I mean? Like, it, and they just they were just in shock. Did any of those mm-hmm. guys kick on to play? Um, yeah, a couple, um, which was uh, Dean Webster, his father played first grade. Gary Webster played for Balmain Newtown and Wests. Um, he went up. And played in the grand final. Seabol was his coach. Oh, yeah. When that went up, went up to Queensland. And Why do they all talk like that? Like Seabol talks like that. Demetrio talks you, like that. Well, you know what? Because it was the elbow. In the throat. Yeah. That, yeah, it was the elbow. Gary Larson. Remember Gary, Gary, Gary Larson, Larson from North Sydney? Hey? He was a tough sucker. Who else? Who Dar- else? Darren Lockyer. 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 Oh, there's got to be more. There's hey. got to be more. You know, like yeah. some of them. But yeah, the elbow in the throat, not very yeah. comfortable. And you know what? In those days, they didn't show any pain or anything. You know, oh, well, that's what, that's what happens. I'll have this voice, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So when you were uh, running the North Ride Hawks and then... Part of uh, a team, yeah. Part of a team. Yeah. And, and Junior Pierce, uh, that's how you sort of... Yeah. Well, we were building it up and we had, like, Gary was still was a president and, you know, like I was on, on the committee and Sue was secretary and I was, you know, one of the vice presidents and stuff like that. And it was him who brought all the other guys through, you know. And we, and we tried to get a family thing, and that's what you do with, with football, and you would do with cricket, and, uh, and you would do with the band. And uh, you, know, you know what I mean? You get a family atmosphere, and you try, treat everyone different, not like, you know, some parents were, were focused just on their sons and, and daughters now. But, uh, yeah, we just tried to do that. And then Wayne Pierce came. And then Mark Lawson, who played first grade for Balmain and West. And you'd have all these first graders. Paul Dobby Clark, he coached a winning side at North Ride. And you'd have all these. Ron Ryan became, who played first grade for Roosters and that. Did so, you find yeah. that that attracted more people when they knew that those older guys were there at the club? You know, Junior, Ronnie Ryan, all those Yeah, guys. I thought it was because of me, but it <laughs> must have been. I think it was them. So when, yeah. when say, say for example... <laughs> Using just Junior as one example, yeah. when he came to the club and Mitchell was playing, yeah. were you coaching as well at the time? or did you? Yeah, I was coaching, and what had happened is I'd, I'd coached for six years, and it's good for my son and other kids to have someone different. 
I'm, I'm really a big believer in that. I should have done it after five years. Do you know what I mean? But we're getting into the we're coming to the end of mod and international rules. And Mark Lawson, who played first grade, I said, mate, you know, you coach. He goes, oh, good. If I'm going to coach in the under 11s, I'll bring. I'm a good friend of uh, Wayne Pierce. You know, I'll bring Mitch Pierce over. And it just happened from there. And then we got Kurtley Beale, and Kurtley Beale played, and they had this gun side. You know, it was just absolutely gun How side. How good was he at that age, Ray Kurtley Beale? He Freak. was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, we'd, we'd lost the Glenn and Mark Alatomi, when he was about 16, just Glenn and Mark separately yeah. said, just remember that name, Kurtley Beale. We've seen him play. This kid's a freak. Yeah. So they were sending him to King's School. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. But the father wanted him to play. No, it wasn't his father. It was uh, like a, a bloke who's seen him soon and looked after him and paid for his schooling and all that stuff. And he said, um, yeah, I'll get you. He knew someone, Northride. Uh, David Kelly said, oh, yeah, go, go in Northride. They've got all the first grade, ex-first graders there. And he came down. The previous year, we'd, we'd lost the grand final by one point. He came. We won the next year with the same team, 30 nil. You know, he didn't score all the points. Yeah, do you, do you know what I mean? But he but just organised. He all. was just like gun. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And look, the other team, you know, had Jake Marquito who played first grade for St George, and you know what I mean? They had all these really great players too. You know, so that made hats off to you, like so for building and, and Sue as well. It was a big part of it, building that club up to you know a, such a point that you're attracting players yeah. and 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 for ex first grade players yeah. like yeah. that. It's a, I'm wow. going to add this doors. People do that. Ray and Sue, without even asking, would not have taken one dollar out of that club in twenty years. Would have only given things to the club and tried to help the club. There's people at Randwick Petersham like that, where I'm the president of the career club. They're so hard to find, man. They just want to dedicate themselves for nothing because their sons are playing, or they love the club, or they love the cricket, and to do it for twenty years, bro. My hat off to you and Sue. Wonderful. Thanks for that. That's, Huge that's, effort because I know what it's like. It, being in the it's just club. unbelievable. It's and hard just, work. And, and, and you know, the, the most satisfying thing is, and you would know this, um, Dorsey, that um, the guy who's running the club now, who's bringing it back up, because they've lost, lost, they haven't got many sides, uh, Matt Van Nusen was in, I coached him when he was under four, in, four years old in the under oh, sixes. Oh, wow. Wow. And you know what I mean? Now he's the president. Oh, a rat bag of a bloke, <laughs> mate. Oh, love him, right? But, mate, he has mate, come a long way. Bro? <laughs> no, he's come Matt, a long way. You met Matt him. Van Houston. Yeah, I met Houston. Van Houstendorp, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's, Matt Van Houstendorp? Yeah. Is that his full name? Yeah, Matt Van Houstendorp. Are you listening, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> He'll be listening. He's a Ray great just bloke. said you're great fucking bloke. crazy. Great bloke. <laughs> great bloke. And in a similar vein to you, I, I believe that you've been re-elected for your 23rd year. As president uh, of Randwick Petersham. <laughs> there, we've got a, an audience is just sitting over there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, no one wants to do the job, Dawes. <laughs> um, look, Ray will tell you this too. You think about giving it away and then at the end of the season there's a project that comes along That's and you it. go, oh, we'll knock this project off and get the new stand done at Coogee Oval and then I think, oh, and the stand's got to be done at Petersham Oval and... And then we've got to renovate a wicket square somewhere, so we've got to go to the council and ask that. And, oh, then we want a player to come to the club, so can you ring him up, Widow, and say, come to the club? And you realise that there's always something to do. There's never going to be nothing yeah. to do. Well, as well, when you've been and playing, obviously, since you're a, a young fella at, at that club. 1976, I turned up there. So it is... It's part of your family, so it would be hard to step away, even when that time comes, when you've... when. You need to move on to something else. It's uh, when you've been at that club and done so much for it for so long. It, it's it, it's part of it's yeah. It's a huge thing. It is. Um, look, I've always had this opinion. If I didn't go to that club when I was seventeen, and they nurtured me and encouraged me and said to me, "We think you got some chops, but you got to train hard in the nets and all that," I would have never played for New South Wales. Wow. So. Big rap. This is what happens when you play for Australia. When you retire, some people want to stay at that level, coach and assist. Some go back to shield level. There's a lot of help at those two levels. There's not a lot of help at club cricket. And I thought, I'll go back to club cricket and help Randwick, which it was then, but 23 years ago we merged with Petersham Oracle to create a new club, Randwick Petersham. And I'm glad I have done that because I feel like I'm giving back at, at grassroots level and... 
and I love the club and I love the people in the club and I just love what we're doing. So you mentioned love it. you mentioned love a while ago that the club has around a hundred uh, volunteers who yeah. help and, and do it all for the love of the club and the sport. We've got about a hundred and twenty to forty players. We've got seven teams, two underage sides, so that's nine teams. We'll have women's teams very, very soon. Uh, the only people that get paid at our club are the coaches, but that's what they do for a living. So we we expect to pay our coaches. Wow! No one else takes any money. No one. No one on the committee. That, that's incredible. Well, mate. like you, Ray, I've been there since 1976. I have not taken $1 from the Randwick Career Club or the Randwick Perdition Career Club. I couldn't do that. I owe them. And I'm going to say this. I could be the president till the day I die and I will still feel that I haven't repaid the debt. That's how much I respect that club. And the elders from that club, Alan Turner, Lyle Gardner, these guys that really helped me. And my father had just passed away as well yeah. when I was 16. So I was treading this, go a bit crazy, he get was, on the man. piss and fight and all this. He was. Yeah. Man. Well, Ray was there, mate. He knew what we were all like, a few of us like. But I found, look, well, I didn't find cricket. Cricket found me. And then after a season, in fourth beautiful. grade, I just went, oh, man, how good's this? I want to learn more about this. I want to be more involved. And the rest is just the most beautiful story of all time. Yeah. And, and can I just say, being in a committee, there's more than all that stuff. I, I used to love going – I'd be a representative to the Balmain because North Ride was in it. So I'd go to these meetings every Monday and you <laughs> – <laughs> and you're dealing with all the all the other members from There's the other crazy teams, dudes right? At their meetings, isn't and it? also the judiciary. Yeah. I used to love the judiciary. Yeah. And just you know? thinking about it now, you know, the two of you, you guys, your connection, not only the music back in the A, and then you, you split apart, but in that in that meantime, you had that both were doing the, yeah, and the, didn't, yeah. didn't even know, didn't know. management no. of the of the sporting yeah. community sport. Yeah, but and you know what, Dorsey, if I didn't do the North Ride thing, I would have never met Wayne Pierce, who got yeah. me back into music. Yeah. Basically, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know so. th that's the beauty of it. You know, what about you managing Dorsey? How do you? Yeah, all well, like uh, you manage the bands and yeah, you've done a fair yeah. bit in your yeah, day. Yeah, it's I suppose it's like Ray said. You just try and create uh, an atmosphere in the group um, of of a well, yeah, sort of a mateship, a family kind of thing. Harmony, harmony. Um, and it's like Do you know I, that Elton John song, Harmony. Gee, are I you really to sing love that? you, and I wanna love you forever. Great song. Just, yeah. No, yeah. Sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry, no. Sorry. Whenever Never you want to sing it. a song on the podcast, <laughs> we're not going to stop you. That, well, we get. Well, will I ask for money for that? Because it sounded like Elton. Yeah, or maybe it's a copyright issue. Yeah. We'll, have, yeah. we'll find out before we put it to air. Well um, done, we don't. But I think it's like any job, isn't it? You want to. It's not the actual job, it's the people you work with that yeah. make the job. So yeah. um, if you can have people around you that are good people. Yeah, for the right reasons. And On the same page. Yeah, and, and the rest will happen by itself. Yeah. You know? I think we're both – if you said to Ray and I, are uh, you really happy that you did the 20 years and that I've been the president for 23 years? And I say jokingly, oh, I can't find anybody to do it. There's so many projects at the club now, I can't step away for a couple of years. But I'm happy to, to know that, acknowledge that in my own head. Yep. I might have to do 25 years as the president – and then you need a changeover. You can't have the same thinkers at the top of the tree all the time. You need young yep. blokes, yeah. energy, whatever. Totally agree. Totally agree. But, oh, mate, I've loved – look, no, I haven't loved every minute of it. There's been some really difficult yeah. times. There's a lot of personalities in 120, 140 people. As this bloke would know. And, you, like, you know, you, more get, than well, anything. you get 10 people on stage, yeah. it's not all the same people. You've got to modicoddle that bloke and you've only got to say to Ray, get tune your fucking base, Ray, he's right. Yeah. You haven't even got to look at me, I'm ready to go. So there's a lot of management of that. There is, that but when you've difficult. got you two blokes with so many more people in the organisation, that sort of multiplies the, the potential issues that you've got. But I think um, the good thing that's happened to me is I've got really good people on our committee and people that are happy to pick up yeah. the loose end and, and tie it away. So and a couple important. of unbelievable workers on our committee that yeah. just do a lot of the work and then everybody else assists them. It's like you, you know, getting an assistant manager now. No, that must have helped you. Well, a lot. I'm going to make this official to the outside world that a few months ago Ray Nosti stepped up to become the assistant manager. Hey, rock and roll, rock and roll of Oz Icons. <laughs> um, Thank you. It's, Thank you. As much as Ray stepped away from management a couple of years ago, it's in his blood. Yeah. As Rob says, get your nose, Nosti, get your nose out of 
out of that. Out of the trough. Yeah, so, yeah mate. just play bass. Get but, your nose out of the trough and put it back in the shit. <laughs> well, I, I think it's it's good to have, uh, it's about having the people around you to support you and uh, and that goes for you as well, Widow. Um, Go the wit. You know, oh, we love it, mate. It's, I just love the band, love the cricket club, love yeah. the Rabbitohs when they're winning. So, as as um, we were talking about earlier on before we went to air, like this podcast, it can go anywhere, as as you've seen or heard today. Um, so, is it time for us to wrap up our first episode? Or well, maybe we can just talk about the Oz icons. And, and I know. Hang on. What have we got here? Well... Um, do, I want to ask this question. Not yeah. being across the podcast world, do we get? Do we? Is there sponsors and stuff like that? Like I'm just about um. to have a fisherman's friend, right? Now the thing about fisherman's friends is this: my first professional job in England as a cricketer was at the Fleetwood Cricket Club, yes, near Blackpool in Lancashire, and that's where they make fisherman's friends. No way in Fleetwood. Well, no, we can't do any sponsors stuff. We can't do anything. For well, sponsors. I can't eat it then. <laughs> what? What? The Fisherman's Friend? No, not if, are they going to sponsor us? Oh, we've got to ring them up, haven't I, we? Yeah, I'm I don't just think, asking. I don't well, think we can do we do have anything. sponsors? Well, in saying that... Do you know um, it's 99% sugar-free? Have a look on the back. It'll say Long Home Fleetwood, something like that. Um, Matraville. <laughs> <laughs> Made in England by Lofthouse yeah. at Fleetwood Limited. Well, Fleetwood. I never, I've never read the back of that. Well, That's unbelievable. On that, um, and I know we have sort of discussed this before. We went to air again. Is that I went to Peter's Meats at uh, Maroubra Pacific Square. Ah, excellent. Peter's Love Meats. going there yesterday. And yep. um, actually, remember that it was a couple of months ago. I, I was in there and I heard someone calling out. I thought I heard Doors! someone you bastard! Like, I, like, <laughs> I turn around and there's Widow with a full trolley. He must have done his shopping yeah. for the week. <laughs> a month. <laughs> so, yeah, I was in there and my kids love the uh, the breakfast sausages there. So I normally get them for them. So I brought a few along for us oh. today. Ray, we're going to fire up your barbecue. Fire oh. the barbecue. Have, well, I'll, I'll have a couple of beers because you, blokes, you like the kombucha. And, kombucha? Uh, hey, now that's an idea. Kombucha? Kombucha. Have yeah. I, has there ever any, has kombucha ever sponsored anything? No. Oh, that remedy kombuchas. What? <laughs> it's really good. Sorry. So, no, no, hey, guys. <laughs> we can discuss that, sponsorships or whatever, if, uh, you know, anyone yeah. out there. And But um, we're going to fire up the barbecue. Fire the barbie up. And we're going to make it a ritual, I think, after every podcast episode. We're going to get out in the barbecue. Have a barbie, especially if we've got a guest. Yes. That'd be fantastic. We've got to, we've got to treat them well and uh, make them feel at home. Yep. Sausages? The ribs. Yeah, I can do I get them from Peter's. The ribs come from Peter's. He's great, really? Peter's Meats. Oh, oh, yeah, fantastic. But the way you marinate. Yeah, you got to be marinated on, overnight. You know Slay how to cooked. rub it, eh? Slay get that hand over that. Get meat. that barbecue <laughs> on right now. Oh, what a great opening podcast we've had. Who makes that barbecue? Who does? Well, what, what's your specialty? What are you going to throw on? Nothing. I just watch and just clap you boys. He and just, just gets go, out the how freaking good is cutlery and the plates. Yeah, and the I paid for the barbecue. <laughs> you know, not like Brooksy. Hey, Brooksy gets a better barbecue than me. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. Are we waffling on now? <laughs> well, I think we, we, we do have to mention as well that Sue Nosti. I think she might be providing some of the salads or something. Oh, so hats off she, to she's genius. Yeah, rock and roll. You're the luckiest man in the world, Ray. Um, yes, I know, because she's made another big pot of soup. You know, that vegetable soup we had not long ago? That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's we the entree. Anyway. That's the entree. Thank you, everyone. Love yous. Rock and roll. So, Ray, you can go and turn the barbecue on. Sure, mate. Um, and I'll when get, he's gone, we'll do the podcast for real. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, I'll play some naughty 90s music. Naughty okay? 90s. <laughs> All right. Love you, everybody. All right. Over and out. And uh, come and listen to us on the next one. Yes. See you guys. Bye.